0: What I want to get into is the last section on evangelism and so when we're talking about this we're going to head over to Matthew 28 and hopefully get there if we don't get to other passages. When we talk about evangelism what do we mean by that? Okay the word for evangelism is euangelion. Or the verb has the idea of basically proclaiming good news. That's what it means in the original language. It's what it meant in the original English as the words were put together. Just that idea of proclaiming good news. This is really, 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 really some some thoughts to keep in mind on proclaiming the good news. Keep this in mind. You are asked to proclaim. Proclaim it. Okay? And we're stopping right there. You're only asked to proclaim the good news. Okay. Where, where we get into problem is we have some people who are saying, okay, we're going to show love. And we're going to show love by feeding thousands. We're going to show love by starting orphanages and hospitals. And this is how we're going to share the gospel is through all these good beneficial works. There's a flaw in that thinking, is there not? Okay, Is it okay to feed the poor? Oh, absolutely. Should we have a concern for the widows? Yeah. Can we go on missions trips to distribute medicines? Absolutely. Wonderful. What's the caveat, though? The, the good news should be there and available in some way. When Jesus did his miracles, not every time, but almost every time Jesus did his miracles, what did he also do? He preached, okay? There was a message with the miracles. Not every time, but it happened most every time. Sometimes the message came a little bit later, such as healing the blind man in John chapter 8. But almost every other occasion, Jesus not only did a good deed, but with the good deed, he gave the gospel, okay? So what is the flaw of you and I in our Christianity just doing good works and never sharing the gospel? Do people get saved by our love? What's it? No. Is that all they need to know? No. It's giving them the impression that Christianity, all Christianity is, yeah, loving others. Just loving others. Okay. Is that enough to get you into heaven? I loved. Yes, no. No. Okay. There's another flaw here. There is a flaw within churches and Christians that say hey, I want to proclaim the good news by I'm just going to bring this person to church. I'm just going to get them to come to a fellowship. I'm going to just go to a a religious concert. I'm going to just get together with my neighbors. And we're just going to have Christian fellowship. Is that a good thing? Absolutely. Is there anything evil about any of that? No. What needs to be done? The gospel has got to be proclaimed. It's got to be shared, okay? So just because we invited somebody to church, but then we never talked to them about the gospel, they come to a fellowship. They come to a meal. That's great. That's wonderful. But take advantage of the opportunity then as you develop that friendship to share the gospel. Your friendship. Them knowing you as great as you are. That's not going to get them into heaven. They need more than you and me. They need Jesus Christ. Okay, here's, here's an area we've got to be careful of. Okay, we're going to want to share the gospel. So I'm going to share this gospel with this woman, and I'm going to make sure I get her saved. What's the flaw? I don't save, number one. Can I force somebody, can I manipulate somebody into a prayer? I, I didn't say a good prayer. Can you manipulate somebody into praying? Most of us probably could. We probably could. But what has to happen with the gospel to really be effective? Okay. What do people have to realize? They're a sinner. Jesus Christ is the one who can save them. They need, they need to repent. There's, there's all this involved. Okay. And so I've got to be careful that I don't become the Holy Spirit. Okay. True, false? Okay. Or right, I do this. Okay. Hey, do you want to go to heaven? Yes. Yeah. You, most everybody's going to say, yes. okay. So I just go to the mall. Do you want to go to heaven? Yes. Yeah. Pray this prayer. Does that ever get happen? Does that ever happen yes. in church, in, in evangelism? Oh, we went down to you know, Atlantic City and we saw 10,000 people pray to get saved. Maybe they did. Maybe some were genuine. But I've talked to one of those people involved in it when they cl- made these claims of leading hundreds to the Lord. I'm telling you, this was their spiel. Do you want to go to heaven? Yes, pray this prayer. That's all they shared. Okay. That's pretty shallow if you ask me. You know, there was no explanation, no, no asking questions if they understood. It was just, you prayed a prayer, now you're going to heaven. By the way, that's the same thing the Catholic Church taught me. In essence, you do what we tell you to do and you're going to get into heaven. Okay, just follow our little rules. And it's like, really? That's sharing the gospel? Proclaiming something shallow? I don't think so. Okay, So what we need to do in our proclaiming is we need to give out the gospel and does the gospel, what's the word gospel mean? Good news. Does the good news have any negatives to it? Well then it's not real good. What's that? <laughs> okay, here you go. The, the idea of euangelion where we get back to the ba- basic word. There is the idea that we have part of the word comes from the word angelos. Anybody have a clue of what word we get out of angelos? Angels. What's it mean to be an angel? Okay. It's basically an angel is simply the idea is you're a messenger. Okay. A messenger, if we we look and talk about, okay, you're going to be my messenger. That usually means this. You're sent by somebody else. That usually means you have a message to deliver and the message is not your own. Would you agree with that if somebody's your messenger? That that kind of summarizes it? We're going to get into it in a moment here with, um, oh, that's the passage I wanted. Not 1 Corinthians, it uh, uh, was 2 Corinthians. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 5. The, tremendous tag. you got to go there. I'm sorry, I forgot this was the one I want to hit next. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is the passage. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? He's a new creation, okay, that he goes on. He says, old things are, okay, behold all things. And he goes on, he says, all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are what? We're ambassadors the word ambassador literally has the idea of an old man okay that was the original word Presbus, we get the another de- derivation presbyteros okay presbus has the idea of somebody who is old but in time it came to represent a it came to be a representative typically most representatives were older people Okay, who are representing countries or kings and things of that sort. And so it came to be that, that growth of that word. What do we know about ambassadors? Modern day ambassadors, for instance. What do we know about an ambassador? They represent, they, they represent government. Okay, a government or some other authority, a higher authority. Okay, what else do you know about ambassadors? They travel? They travel? Okay. They traveled where? Okay. So what's that mean about them in that country? They represent their uh, let's take this first. What did you say? They're strangers and aliens and pilgrims are the terms that First Peter uses. In other words, their citizenship doesn't usually belong to where they're at. Their citizenship belongs from where they're from. OK? What else do you know about ambassadors? what's that? To be above reproach because they're representing their government. Excellent. Yes, sir? Okay. Okay, they've got to make whatever message that they have understandable. I keep forgetting there's people up there. If you want to chime in, okay, please yell. Okay. What do you know about ambassadors? Did you say some? Okay. Um, what else about ambassadors? Anything else? They don't speak of their own accord. Who do they speak for? The authority or whoever sent them. Okay, so if we say ambassadors, they live in a foreign land, and by the way, we are, if we're ambassadors, remember, we don't belong here permanently. We're citizens of heaven. They represent a greater person or authority. They deliver messages. Is this what you meant? Okay. Not their own message. They deliver the message from the authority. They have authority to, degree, to a degree to speak on behalf of the authority they represent. I would add what you had said. They need to live in a way that is representative of the country that they're representing. They live above reproach is probably the best way. We should add that to this list. Okay. So you and I are called ambassadors. And so this applies to us. And so when we go back to it, we say okay, as ambassadors, what message have we been given? Chapter 5, verse 19. What message have we been given to deliver? Okay. If if, if we take the exact phrase it's it's at the very end. He has given unto us the word of reconciliation okay so we have this is our message our message is the word of reconciliation before we go any further we gotta we gotta define something here because most of us in this room would say uh what is reconciliation what's it mean that term bible term what's it mean reconciliation we know that god did it but what's it mean to be made right again again? to restore fellowship? Bring into agreement. Bring into agreement? Payment. Okay, payment? To help the person understand. That they are not right, God, Okay. They okay. All of those are absolutely correct in what that has a concept, but literally, the word literally means this to remove a barrier. To remove a barrier. Okay, do you remember when we were preaching through Colossians, we, we showed a picture of a wall? God was on one side, we were on the other side. To remove the barrier, to reconcile, what has to be done with that wall? It has to be broken down. The wall is broken down. That's reconciliation, literally. Part of everything uh, of doing that is everything that you've commented, but literally to remove the barrier. Look at chapter 5, verse 18. Who does the reconciling? Who removed the barrier? Okay. All things of God... God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Okay? So God does the reconciling through Jesus Christ. Not through a church, not through a pastor, not through parents, not through baptism. The reconciliation, the removal of the barrier is something God does through Jesus Christ. It's not something we do. Okay? It's got to be done for us. Question who did he reconcile according to verses 18 and 19? In verse 18, who's reconciled? Us. Us. Okay. Then in verse 19, who is he mentioned as far as also working to reconcile? The world. Okay. Do you have the world? Now, I want you to see a difference here. Okay. When it says in verse 18 that there's a reconciliation being done for us, what's the tense of the verb in verse 18? It's done. It's done. For us, it's already been accomplished, we who are born again. What about the work of reconciliation for the world? It's ongoing. Okay, There's work being done, but it's not yet completed. And so this reconciliation is being done. Now, what's our role? God is doing it. God has this message. Our role in helping to bring about the reconciliation of the world is twofold. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. By the way, the word ministry is the same word that we have for deacon, one who runs to serve. Okay? Another word for deacon is table waiter one who is bringing things to another person. We have the ministry of reconciliation, and we have the word of reconciliation to us, given to us. So we have the knowledge of it, but what are we supposed to do with the knowledge? We're supposed to share it. We're supposed to take it. So as Paul goes, and he talks about it, and by, it's an interesting phrase. Um, Look at the end of verse 20. You, you can discuss this, debate this, because I'm not sure exactly how to conclude with that, with this phrase. We pray you in Christ's dead, be ye reconciled. Wait, he's talking to the church. Are the believers already reconciled? If he's talking to the church and they're already reconciled, why is he saying to them, be, become reconciled? There's a couple possibilities here. What's that? There could be non-believers in that, in that church. And by the way, there are. How do we know that? Because he says, when the unsaved come amongst you and they see you speaking in tongues and carrying on, they will think that you are crazy. Okay, so we know there's unbelievers there. The other possibility is that he understands that this letter isn't just going to stay in, in, first, uh, in the church of Corinth. It's going to spread. And so he's talking about sharing that gospel, reconciliation all time, all places, all people. Is this a message you should share when you're teaching Sunday school? Yes. Is it a message you should share when you're doing a Bible study with somebody? Yes. Okay, so we share it with all peoples. And so we have that as, a, as an ambassador. We are there giving the word of reconciliation. We don't become creative with it. okay. We, don't, we must only be accurate. That brings me to this, this, the application of it. Okay, this is for you. This is not for the person you're doing the Bible study with. This is for you to put in the margin. Okay, because this is really important. If you are an ambassador proclaiming God's message, your responsibility, okay, is, the, is to give God's message. You have no right to alter the message. You can't change the message by adding to it or deleting from it. But if I tell her that she may end up in hell, she's a very sensitive person, well, then tell it in a sensitive way. But you can't leave out the idea that there is punishment for sin. Does that make sense? No, yes? Okay, we've got to be, we can't alter it. We don't have a right to keep the message to ourselves. If this is a message your authority has given you to deliver, then what are you supposed to do with it? You're supposed to deliver it, not keep it. We don't have the right to limit it to those we think deserve the message. We're supposed to give this message to everyone our commander-in-chief tells us to deliver the message. What would you do if you were president, don't, don't just stop there, okay, listen to the rest of it, okay, if you were president, you sent somebody with a message and they go and they're supposed to deliver it to 10 countries in Europe and they decide that they're only going to deliver it to one and they're going to take vacation the rest of the time that they're on their trip. What would you do with them? You, you would fire them? Okay, because what have they done? They've, they've failed to do their duty. What difference is it if we don't deliver God's message and we keep it to ourselves? What difference is it? We failed in the, what he's. We have the responsibility. One of you mentioned it. I forget who, a or somebody. When we deliver the message, we have to deliver it clearly and in its entirety. Does that mean at the same moment they have to get the whole? Th- no. You and I both know that sometimes when we're sharing the gospel, we only have moments to give tidbits of it. Sometimes we, they don't understand it all, and so we, we give it sometimes in phases. Most of us. Maybe not all. Most of us heard the gospel multiple times before it really we, it clicked. And so in that in mind what we're talking about is not, okay, you've got, to, you've got to give them the whole truck full of everything at this one moment no matter if they say, hey, wait a minute, i got a baby in a bathtub, I can't talk any further. Which one of our folk going door to door one year said, oh, what's more important, your soul or your baby in the tub to that person at the door? Honestly, the baby in the tub at that moment yes and so um, what we but this is our job as ambassadors okay so let's take a look the message we have is a good message how do we know that it's gospel what does gospel mean good news okay so the message is good it's called that very thing are there any negatives in the gospel message well then why are they called good Okay, because the, the, did you say end goal last time when I asked this? The end goal is going to be really good. So let's do this, okay? Take a verse of scripture, tell me what's negative and what's positive in it. Let's take this. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What's the negative? What's the positive? Okay, do the negative. What did you say? Okay, the wages of sin is death. Okay, what, what does that mean negatively okay there's death there's separation okay from god okay you got you, sin is, an, is a negative death is the negative death is something we deserve okay separation from god as you clarified what's the positive in the passage give me give me positive words gift life eternal Jesus Christ, our Lord, is a positive. Okay, the gift of God, the eternal life, it's available. By the way, is, is a positive word. Yes, no? Okay, because we can have it right now. Okay, positive word. Uh, personal relationship. Okay, eternal life we mentioned. Do this verse. Negative. Sinners, Okay. Uh, you know the death of of Christ in there yeah if you want to look at there the positive God loves us anything else he died for us showed his love anything else what's that okay oh yeah I didn't put that in that's excellent the aspect I don't think I did nope I didn't Uh, the worst sinners oh I gotta write that down past tense Okay, let's do another verse. Okay, negative and positive. Here we go. Any any negative you see, perish is going to be your word, right? Okay, that it is a future reality. What'd you say? Okay, positive is going to be. Oh, you the idea of his sacrifice being a negative from his point of view. Okay, okay. For our benefit, from our point of view, it's the positive, right? List all your positive words. Whosoever. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Love. Have. Okay. Everlasting life. Believeth is the real positive, right? Because it doesn't have any more. Okay. So loved. Okay, you got it. Man, you guys are good at this. Okay, excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, yeah, the staff are good, aren't they? Okay, here's a big question. How, you answer this. How can a loving God condemn anyone to hell? You're, by the way, do you think you're going to have this question come up if you're doing a Bible study? Right? Okay. What would you say? He doesn't. Okay. Okay. So you're you're if I don't understand the scriptures, I might respond to you by saying this. But if I'm standing before God and God says, "Cast them into outer darkness," he does have a role in people going to hell. Even though I agree 100%, God isn't the, ultimately the one who's who is responsible for them for going to hell? It, it's not God; it's it's them. But does God play a does in judgment? Is God a part of you know them ending up in hell? He's the, part of the judge. Okay. He makes a way for us. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. keep it up. You're doing great. You're doing great. But you're going to have to, here, here's what I want you you're hearing all kinds of comments. I, if I were you, I'd write these down and I would put them in a way that they, together, you can say A, B, C, D, E, and you have your answer. Does that make sense? Because all these comments are, are true, but when they're put together, they make a whole lot more sense. Okay, let's, let's do this. Laura, you piped up, you said a righteous judge. Let's start with this idea God is holy. He's not just loving, God is holy and just. We'd all agree with this, yes? God is holy and just. He has set up holy standards. Okay, for God to ignore those standards, He is no longer just. He's no longer God, yeah, you know, in that sense. But He has to his inherent nature is if he set up a standard he has to blank that standard he has to keep it has to enforce it has to follow through with it okay then i'd say this god personally intervened to meet the standard okay the standard uh, that the way he intervened was sacrificed his own son to meet the standard and i go a little bit further He made this personal sacrifice for how many people? For God so loved the world, okay, that he gave his only begotten son. So it's available for all. He did so because he does not desire that anyone should perish. Do you have a verse? Do you have a verse for that? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance, so, and some of you, some of you nuanced it even more, the love of God, so it's got to be, there's, there's this balance, okay, but most people in this discussion, and I was there too, I asked this question when somebody was doing a Bible study with me, how can a loving God, I was so focused on what aspect of God, what attribute, love, that I couldn't see the other parts, Okay. And so that's that idea, no man seeks after God. We don't normally seek after the just part, the holy part. People want to see only what about God, the love aspect. Okay, so it's very, 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 very important. Now we get to that spot, and we'll stop right here. We get to where it's called the Great Commission. I got about two minutes. Great Commission was given when? Okay, right when Jesus was ending up his earthly ministry. Keep this in mind. He's ending up his earthly ministry, okay? And the Great Commission is recorded where? oh oh you're saying a whole bunch of places. Okay, that he tells me what? The Great Commission was recorded uh, several times. Okay, so if it's done at the very end of his ministry, recorded several times, what does that tell you? Last words, repeated several times, very, very important words, okay? Those are several of the passages. The other one is going to be in John chapter uh, 3, I believe, is where it's also mentioned about lift your eyes unto the harvest. But those are the ones we're going to look at starting next week when Pastor Art's here taking the class. We're going to look at those different aspects. What is in the Great Commission? And several different nuancing of it. That's very, very important. Hey, thanks for all your input. Thank you for being a wonderful group of discussion. I love it. I should do it during the message. We'd be here for two hours. Okay. So